0: Hi, everybody. It's Frankie Previtt here, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. Holy cow.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zamrak Here we are for another episode of On Screen and Beyond, episode 501 to be exact. I'm your host, Brian Zamrak and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Frankie Previtt is going to be joining us. He was the co writer of. I've Had the Time of My Life, which won an Academy Award for him, and that was in the 80s. He was the lead singer of Frankie and the Knockouts. He's got a new show out called Calling All Divas, and it's going to be hitting theaters and all over the country it's going to be going, and you don't want to miss this. It's called Calling All Divas. And also on this episode of On Screen and Beyond, we've got June releases in theaters and on Blu-ray and DVD and digital and the whole works. It's time for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. It's time for Remake Madness. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, we don't have a whole lot of remakes this month, but uh, coming up in June, you can look for two. The remake of Superfly lands in theaters on June 15th with Trevor Jackson. And The Hustle, which is a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, is going to be hitting theaters on June 29th with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. And that's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Let's take a look at what's coming away in June as far as upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies coming your way in theaters in June. You can look for a drift as it sails into theaters and uh, also a hurricane on June 1st. And on June 8th, Won't You Be My Neighbor? takes a look at the life of Fred Rogers and tag with Ed Helms, John Hamm, and Jeremy Renner. Arrives on June 15th. And on June 15th, also John Travolta stars in Gaudy, telling the story of John Gaudy. And then Uncle Drew dribbles into theaters on June 29th in a basketball-oriented film. And that's it for upcoming new movies in theaters in June, next on On Screen and Beyond. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels in June. <laughs> Sequel City, well, it looks like we've got some sequels coming your way in theaters in June. It's going to be on June 8th that Oceans 8 brings a ladies' crew to the heist world, starring Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, and a whole lot more. Sounds like a good one with a lot of stars. And Incredibles 2 arrives on June 15th. That's in the animated world. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom stomps into theaters on June 22nd. And Sicario Day of Sudado lands on June 29th with Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin. And that's it for sequels coming your way in June in theaters. And next on on screen and beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD coming your way in June. June 5th, you can get South Park the season 21. Wow. Been around a long time. Lost Ship season 4 and Jericho The Complete Series. Good show there. And uh, one of my favorites, The Invaders. Complete Series. Don't want to miss that one. It's coming out on June 5th. June 12th, you can catch Orange is the New Black, Season 5, and Suits, Season 7. June 19th, you can look for Dark Matter, Season 3. And on June 26th, Black Lightning, Season 1. That's it for TV on DVD coming your way in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond What's coming your way as far as movies on DVD and Blu-ray in June? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD coming your way in June. June 5th, A Wrinkle in Time. Also, you can look for Death Wish and also Gringo. June 12th, I Can Only Imagine. And also Tomb Raider, Sherlock Gnomes, Love, Simon... And The Strangers Pray at Night. And on June 19th, Pacific Rim Uprising. June 26th, Acrimony. The Endless is also coming your way. And on June 29th, Escape Plan 2, Hades. That's it for Movies on DVD coming your way in June. Next on our Screen to be on TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. A lot of exciting things coming our way. Let's see. Andrew Lincoln. course, that's Rick on The Walking Dead. It's said that he is going to be leaving the show this coming season. So that's a big surprise. And Kim Cattrall of Sex and the City will star in a new show on CBS All Access called Tell Me a Story. And let's see. And of course, uh, everybody's heard this, but uh, the number one comedy this year, Roseanne, has been canceled by ABC. No more Roseanne. And that's it for TV and entertainment time next on On Screen and Beyond. It's Celebrity Birthdays.
2: We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday!
1: Celebrity birthdays. Well, it looks like on May 31st, Clint Eastwood turns 88. And Leah Thompson, the past guest here at On Screen to Beyond, turns 57. And on June 1st, Heidi Klum turns 45. June 2nd, Zachary Quinto turns 41. And on June 4th, Josh McDermott of The Walking Dead turns 40. And Mark Wahlberg on June 5th turns 47. And that's it for Celebrity Birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, we had some come in, or had one anyways. And uh, Kylie T. of Brisbane, Australia, turns 42 on June 3rd. Now, if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, send me the information at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we will all be wishing you a very happy birthday and all the listeners all over the world here at On Screen and Beyond. So be sure to do that. Be sure to send it in time, too, uh, you know, like a week or two ahead of time at least so I can get that into the schedule. And that's it for Celebrity and Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Frankie Previtt joining us from Frankie and the Knockouts back in the 80s. He was the lead singer, and he co-wrote I've Had the Time of My Life. From the uh, He got an Academy Award for that. That was, of course, from Dirty Dancing. And he also, from Dirty Dancing, wrote Hungry Eyes. Uh, Eric Carmen sang that big hit. But he's got a new show out, all right, that you can see, not in movie theaters, but I'm talking, you know, in in a theater. It's a concert, musical, uh, whole thing. We're going to talk all about it and find out about it, but uh, it's called Calling All Divas. It's a new show. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great music. Frankie Previtt coming up next, right here on on screen and beyond. Our guest today on On Screen and Beyond is a singer-songwriter who won an Academy Award for co-writing the hit song I've Had the Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing as well as having written other hit songs including Hungry Eyes and he was the lead singer of Frankie and the Knockouts with the top ten hit Sweetheart back in the 80s. His latest project is a unique theatrical concert musical called Calling All Divas which premieres its exclusive preview on June 7th at the Theatre at St. Jean in New York City. And then it goes on tour. It's Frankie Previtt. Frankie, welcome to On Screen and Beyond.
0: Brian, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure, man.
1: Now, Frankie, this sounds like an amazing and and exciting project you've got going here.
0: You know, it's something um, uh, it's hard to really top winning an Academy Award, but you know, this (laughs) is what I do. I'm a kind of a a music guy, a music man, I'm a lifer, so uh, I'd like to keep on trying to be innovative and think of things that uh, I can do to inspire me and and push me outside of the envelope of what I've done before. So um, I met somebody uh, about four years ago that uh, was a singer and I had moved down to uh, an area in in New Jersey uh, outside of Asbury Park. And it's also by Red Bank. It's called Oceanport. And so being a newbie, you know, in the area, I, I, started asking the agents and the, and the players, you know, who who, who are the, um, you know, the, the band members and the singers that I should get to know. And, um, and, and maybe I can kind of write with them or put a band together with them or do something musically in this area because I never lived down here. And I found out that the energy that goes on in the Asbury Park area down the shore was totally different than any area and i've lived in like 11 different places and so having that energy of all these great musicians and seeing the fan base of people that get behind these these uh players and these players are from you know 15 years old on up to 60 65 years old and so all types of seasoned players to young new players And so in in my search for, you know, who the players are, I ran into a a, a young lady named Lisa Sherman. And I asked her where she was playing, and she told me, and I went to see her play in front of about 2,000 people on the beach in Point Pleasant. And I said to her, after four standing ovations, so what's your next gig? And she goes, well, I'm putting something together at the Count Basie, and it's called Decades of Divas. And I went, well, that's really... a." very interesting. I said, so what's the production? Well, I'm getting my girlfriends and we're going to do these songs from like the forties, fifties, sixties to the present day. And of all the singers that influenced us. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. But what's the production? Like, what's the stage look like? And she goes, well, I, I really don't have that idea yet. So like a light bulb went off in my head and I thought maybe I should start to write a little story about these girls coming together and creating this evening and it evolved. I did. I did decades of divas at the Count Basin. I did it at the Strand, and uh, some really, really important people started hearing it. <clears throat> and uh, one of them was a, a guy named Frank Acropolis, and another one was Dennis Damico. And these are two guys that have became my partners, along with Lisa Sherman, in the building of calling all divas. And I changed the name of decades of divas to calling all divas because I found I couldn't trademark calling all divas. And so then the story had to change. And um, in doing so, we we found some investors, and, and one of those investors uh, was involved with Jersey Boys, and he was uh, involved with the Centurion production of Jersey Boys, and that was a production company. And so they started to back us. And then we started to get a director named Michael LaFleur. <clears throat> Michael LaFleur says, I love your idea. I love this mashing of a, uh, a theatrical like play that turns into a full-blown concert. I love it. And so we've written a story about four girls and this club owner and a young songwriter happens to be, his name is Frankie, who's writing songs and his friend, Mr. D's club, who is a famous nightclub that's going out of business and the kid just can't let it can't come to grips that I can't let you let this club go out of business everybody got their start here. Let me find you the next Eva. You have the connections. I know the players. So he brings four different girls to audition for him. And at the end of each girl singing, he can't make up his mind. And so he's he's left looking at at this kid Frankie and Frankie goes pick one and he goes God, I can't, and that kind of ends the first act as you go through each girl's development of one being uh, a country singer, one being a gospel singer. He finds another one he's doing a session with, and on his way back to Mister D in the subway, he finds a subway singer,
2: hmm.
0: and so so these four singers come in audition. And uh, I won't tell you the end of it because people will have to come and see who won. Right. <laughs> but it's a, ver- a very interesting ending of who he picks. Wow. And the whole second act becomes a concert of this per- for this person.
1: Hmm. So it's, it's a lot of different music in there?
0: I mean, we have music from country music to, to gospel music to uh, soul music. To, um, you know, Whitney Houston, um, you know, then we have for the, you know, younger people, we have um, uh, Miley Cyrus. Uh, We have um, uh, a moment like this. Um, uh, What else? But the country girl actually sings a song called uh, Before He Cheats, which is Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. Carrie Underwood, yeah. Yeah, so you have all of this, and there's a song called Woman, W-O-M-A-N,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, kind of ends the first act. And then we, we do a song, you know, You've Got a Friend, yep. where just just the girls are around a piano, and uh, the the young girl plays the piano, and then they all kind of overhear her playing, and go, oh my God, listen to her, and they... Because they don't realize that, you know, who's this newbie? You know, God, she's so young. She's
2: only 19.
0: (laughs) You know, there's all these veteran, you know, singers and and musicians. And she's intimidated by them until she goes off on her own and starts to play. You've got a friend.
1: Hmm. And then
0: they all go around her and they harmonize with her. And that's where they
1: bond to become friends. Wow. So that you just threw this together? I mean, you know, in your mind, the story. I mean,
0: um, you know, the story. I have uh, collaborated with uh, Michael Lafleur. Took my book of decades of divas, and I turned it into Calling All Divas. And I came up with the the club owner and the and the kid writing and going out and finding these girls and who the girls are. And then Michael came in and I had this dialogue and he goes, let's tweak the dialogue to this and let's tweak the dialogue to that. And Mm -hmm. let's make the dialogue do this and let's expand on the dialogue and let's make this a full blown kind of a play so we can really develop each girl and find out. So we start to root for who we want Hmm. and and we give a little background on the girl. So you go, you know what? She's just like me, you know, And, and I'm rooting for her because she's like, she's like me. So we have a girl that's fifty. We have a girl that's forty. We have a girl that's thirty, and then we have a nineteen-year-old.
1: Yeah. Huh. Now, are they going to be singing uh, "I've Had the Time of My Life" in there, or any Frankie in the Knockouts? <laughs>
0: um, you know, we we do do um, "Time of My Life," mm-hmm. and um, and that's a, a surprise moment in the show that that happens, um, and it does get done. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I figured you know it's your <laughs> it's your song, so.
0: It is, it is, and, and uh, you know, uh, I, I think having it in there is connects me as being Frankie, the songwriter that was the guy who mm. kind of helped his friend out, because that's, in real life, this Mr. D is really uh, played by Frank who, uh who is one of the producers, and Frank was a 22-year vet from Guiding Light. He was, yes. he played Frank Cooper on Guiding Light. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, an actual actor. And then the guy that plays Frankie uh, is uh, Nick. Um, and, and he he just came out of a show called um, Million Dollar Quartet, which was about, yeah. he played Jer- Jerry Lee Lewis in that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And he's just a great, great actor. Plays plays guitar and bass and piano. And, you know, he, he does some singing in the show when he, He's off searching for these girls, and he has his like little song that he sings on his search. So you'll you'll know from different scenes. You'll see him in the subway, and, and this is all projected. So when I say we're in a, we're in a church, you you get projections. The screen's projector in a church. When I say you're in a subway, the screen projects that you're in a subway.
2: Hmm.
1: Wow.
0: So, so there's projection that takes you on this journey along with the storyline. Uh, of the girls.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Michael LaFleur and he's he's done some huge things, right?
0: <laughs> My, Michael LaFleur has been a gift to us uh, cuz what he's uh, he's done and still does is he develops shows and he's developed shows and he's a he's a director and he's a choreographer and he's also a scriptwriter. So he's developed shows for for Celine Dion in Las Vegas.
2: Mm.
0: He's done Circus Olay. He's done Sarah Brighton on Broadway. He's done sh- many, many, many shows for Disney and Universal. So he builds shows, mm-hmm. and then they go out and do Vegas. So, so what we'll do is we'll we'll take our book, and we'll have shows that do the Count Basie, the thousand fifteen hundred 1,500 seaters. And then we'll do is do a second and third cast that go on a cruise line or go to... Uh, casinos and, mm-hmm. and do residency. So we can just sit there and do the show there. And then we have edited down, you know, our, our book version is two acts for, t- you know, it's a two hour show with a 20 minute intervi- intermission. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Cruise Line and the Vegas shows are 70 to 80 minutes. You know, they're condensed because obviously they want you gambling. So they don't right. want you, you know, <laughs> doing too much more, but giving them your money.
1: Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they build those places. Right, yeah. Huh. So this sounds like a, a great show.
0: It's pretty cool. On June 6th, which is right around the corner, we're doing open, free, final um, dress rehearsal, and we're opening it to the public and friends and family. And then on June 7th, which will be the premiere of the show, in New York at the St. Jean's Baptismal Theater, which is uh, on 76th Street East, 76, 150 East 76th Street. And that's the premiere night. And that's that show, that premiere showcase show, will be for uh, booking agents, sponsorships, investors, um, you know, all types of people that will, you know, be able to take it and, and book it and put it on to another level.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, yeah. And so, you know, the June 6th date, if anybody's in New York, come down to 76th Street, 150, and it's actually in a big, big church. You might be, like, fooled when you get there go, there's no theater here. It's a big <laughs> church. But inside this church, there is a beautiful state-of-the-art theater.
1: Mm, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh... If can can people go to the website to find out where the show is going to be performed? Do you have already have bookings? Where it's going
0: um, you to know, be? yeah, you can go to divas dot com. I mean, excuse me, CallingAllDivas dot com. I, I use that old uh, <laughs> yeah old name there. divas dot com, and also if you go to Calling All divas on Facebook, you, you'll see a little bit of blurb about what the show, what the storyline is, the the cast, and and. Uh, and, and myself and the and the players that created the show, and also um, there there is the dates. And uh, what's what's kind of neat about it is that Lisa Sherman, that girl that I met, has helped me create this show. She's guided me with, you know, what about these songs? Well, try this song and, and songs I would have never picked. She's been a really big help creatively and helping, you know, guide me musically with some of the songs. Mm -hmm. So I I consider her a co-creator. Without her initial, hey, I got this show called Decades of Divas, I would have never done this show calling all
2: Divas.
1: Yeah. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. Now I, I don't really know how this stuff works as far as where you know where you have the shows and things like that, but is sure. is, is this like a, a precursor to going to hopefully someday be on Broadway or, or?
0: you know what I, I think that you know our my my feeling is that um, Broadway at this point um, is very, very saturated with a lot of great entertainment. That is being brought to you by twenty million dollar production right <laughs> and, and, and you know the the Disney's and the universals and and the Nickelodeons of the world bringing you these spectaculars, you know that you know of cost you a thousand dollars a ticket. i, I don't want to do that. you know I, I really I mean if somebody came to me down the road and, and wanted to you know create a bigger book and do something, I would listen. but right now, I'm re- I'm really content with taking it to secondary markets like mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, and Naples, Florida, and Columbus, Ohio, and Cleveland, and Philadelphia. Not that Philadelphia is a secondary market, but New York is where you know, most of the Broadway right. happens. Obviously, yeah, yeah, and and whatever you know, thousand-seater, seven hundred fifty-seater, fifteen hundred-seater, in these secondary markets in Nashville and and uh, and the secondary markets where people aren't saturated with so much entertainment that, you know, we can bring a really good show. I have to tell you that the four singers we picked are, are knockout.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They are knockout singers. Uh, but Lisa Sherman used to be a rockhead and then became a Broadway performer and then had her own TV show for nine years in New Zealand. And then uh, the other girl, uh, Trenna Barnes, Trenna, is from nashville she was in a group called cowboy crush and uh she was also just out of the uh road tour for the johnny cash show ring of fire mm-hmm. uh carol uh riddick uh, is she's uh from philadelphia and carol hangs with the gamble and huff click and the patty labelle's and the sister sledges of the world in philadelphia and does their records and and hangs and and does their projects. She's also the president of the Philadelphia chapter of the Grammys. And then our final girl is a young girl at 16 years old. I was called by the Count Basie has a mentoring uh, group called The Rocket. And they called me up and said, would you come in and, and mentor with us? these young 12, 15, 16 year old kids. And I said, sure, I'll come down. So I went down there and they said, we'd love for you to sing with us at the Count Basing. And I said, great. What are we doing? They go, well, of course we're doing time in my life. And so this young girl, her name is Brittany Anna Ac- uh, a She sang with me and I was like, Oh my God, this 16 year old is blowing me away. And then, she graduated high school, and for the next three years, she went to acting school and performing school in New York. And so when we started casting this subway singer role, I said, you know what, I'm going to call Brittany Ann up and see what she's doing. And she says, well, I just graduated school, and, and I said, well, you have to come down and audition. So she came down, we had about 20 girls coming in singing, and she was about, toward the you know, latter part, 17, 18, and she came in. And she sang and played guitar and piano. And the director just sat there and went, my God, you're a star. And she goes, well, thank you. And she's real shy. And he goes, where have you been singing? She goes, the 59th Street subway. <laughs> and we went, what? A subway singer found us. Wow. So she, she's a legit subway singer, but she's
1: phenomenal. Huh? She's phenomenal. So you were very so involved I- with picking the people then.
0: Uh, every one of them everyone, including the band members mm-hmm. uh, we, we have a, the, the pieces that, that were put together uh, Henry Aronson is, is our musical director he just finished uh, Rocktopia which was uh, on, on Broadway mm-hmm. and before that he, he was in um, what was it called Rock of Ages and he did Tommy on Broadway yeah. and um, then the lighting guy and the projection guy did Rock of Ages with him and so our set designer um, has done like Grease and all, all of these great shows. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm actually getting this quality of a team together to do my little project. Because <laughs> usually these, these shows get 10 to $20 million, and we didn't get anywhere near, mm-hmm. anywhere close to that kind of money. Hmm. And so these guys are coming in because of the pedigree of the team that's around us. And the timing of that, they were available. And then they, they read the project and went, wow, this is something really cool and different. We want to do this. Hmm.
1: That's great.
0: So hey. I, I've been really, really lucky, Brian, yeah. really. Huh.
1: Now, did you ever think that, you know, back in the 80s when you were with Frankie and the Knockouts singing Sweetheart and things like that, that someday you'd be working on, an, on a project, something like this?
0: You know, I I never in a million years thought I would be winning an Academy Award. So working on projects after Frankie and the Knockouts, I was home, you know, right, trying to write songs to get another deal. And two years went by and I was still I wrote Hungry Eyes during that two years. And then the guy that closed his label and went on to go into film, Jimmy Einer owned Millennium Records and um he called me two years later after closing his label and said, hey, Frankie, I got this little movie called Dirty Dancing. I'd like you to write a song for it. And I said, Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm trying to get a deal. I don't have time. He goes, make time. This is going to change your life. I'm like, yeah, you're going to change my life. You shut your label. I think you already did that. And he goes, no, no, I'm serious. This is going to. I think this could change your life. I said, all right, what's the name of the movie? And he goes, Dirty Dancing. And my first thought, I put my hand in my hand. I went, oh, my God, she's doing porn. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I'm telling you, he goes, "A hun- there's been 149 songs written for this last scene, and they've turned everyone down. You've got two weeks. Write a song. I said, uh, okay, what's the movie about? Boy, boy meets girl. Johnny meets baby. They're in the Catskills. The father doesn't like her. Go write a song. I'm like, really? That's it? So I called the guy I wrote "Hungry Eyes" with, John Nicola, and I said, "Listen, John, you've got a chance to write a song." I said, "The good news is, you know, it's gonna be. It could be in a movie. The bad news is that it's for the last scene, and the song has to be seven minutes long." And I said, "So we got to write like MacArthur Park or something, or you know, just some long songs." So I said, "Why don't we do this? Why don't we start it?" half-tempo, slow, with the chorus up front, and then when we hit the verse, we'll double-time it. And so he sent me a track. I played the track over the phone for Jimmy, and he went, that's really good. He goes, make a song out of it now. So I had a recording date that day, and I took that cassette, and I jumped in my old car, and it still had a cassette player that worked. And at exit 140 on the Garden State Parkway, I hit play and went... Ninnin' I'm of my life. and I'm of my life. What the hell am I saying? <laughs> and I scribbled time of my life on an envelope. And that's where the seed of that song was, was started. And the man upstairs wrote the rest of that song. Because huh. when, when I met Patrick Swayze at the Academy Awards, he was like, it was all over me. Like, who, who wrote the song? Who sang the song? I'm like, why? What's up? He goes, you have no idea. I said, what? And he goes, we didn't have the song. We filmed out a sequence. So we filmed that last scene first. Really? And he goes, yes. And he goes, so we were getting ready to do the the last scene to a Lionel Richie track. He said, good song, but not an original song for our movie. So at that point, we hated this movie. Nobody, you know, and he goes, so we're getting ready to go in and film. And the guy goes, hey, we got one more to say. You want to listen to it? He go, what the heck? They put it on Time of My Life. And he goes, who sang it? I said, well, I I sang the demo with this girl, Michelle Capelli. He goes, when the song breaks down and I'm lip syncing, I've had the time of my life. It's to you. We filmed that day to you sing in Time of My Life. And then the next day we filmed to you sing in Hungry Eyes. Hmm. And he goes, it turned the whole camaraderie of the movie around. Because having that song, we were like, oh, my God, let's go make a movie. <laughs> you know, so, wow. you know, it's the power of music, you know, and and I really, because it was like you were here when you wrote those lyrics, because those lyrics are exactly the sentiment of this movie. I said, you know, tell you the truth, Patrick, the man upstairs wrote those lyrics because I really didn't know what your movie was about.
1: Hmm. So you never even got to see the movie before you?
0: Wow. No, I didn't know anything about the movie. In fact, I was supposed to sing Hungry Eyes. And uh, the the weekend before, <clears throat> uh, the Friday before they were going to uh, actually uh, record it, I, I had set up recording time at the power station, and I got a call from the director looking for another song. And he said, hey, what's the what's the BPMs for Hungry Eyes? And I go, why I'm, I'm recording it on Monday. And he goes, oh, you don't know that... Uh, Eric Carmen. they called Eric Carman, he's going to sing it, and you're out. Hmm. I go, really? When was somebody going to tell me? I said, I got an egg on my face here, I got all these musicians and a studio book. Wow. And, you know, they said, well, I'm sorry. And when I called Jimmy up, he goes, yeah, I know, I forgot to tell you, just be thankful you got a song in the movie.
1: <laughs> <I> go, yeah, <laughs> thanks.
0: I'm, I'm thankful, trust me, I'm thankful.
1: <laughs> Yeah, actually, we've had Bill Medley on the uh, on our show here. Have you? Yeah. yeah Bill's Bill. a great guy. Oh, he,
0: he was one of my initial, back in the 60s, you know, blue-eyed soul. Because I grew up, my dad was an opera singer, so all I was weaned on was Mario Lanza and, and Caruso. Hmm. So, you know, all these Italian notes were going on in my family. <laughs> so until Bill Medley and a group called the Young Rascals yes, yeah. turned, turned my life around.
2: Huh.
0: And now I'm really good friends with Gene Cornish, who was the guitar player. Yeah,
2: Gene,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and then, you know, in, in Frankie and the Knockouts was Tico Torres, was our second drummer, who ended up being the drummer in Bon Jovi. Tico's been in Bon Jovi now for
1: about 25 years or so. Wow. Jeez.
0: So it's it's a small world, you know, it's a big world in a small circle.
1: Right, yeah. The music industry has been in your life since you were a kid then, obviously, because your father was a singer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my dad had me singing, raising money for like cerebral palsy in 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 um variety shows at ten years old. Hmm. You know, I was singing Be My Love in Arriva deci Roma and Love is a many splendor thing and mm-hmm. all all these songs I had no idea what I was singing. You know? <laughs>
1: Wow, that's that's amazing. Gee. So uh, uh, do you see more? I mean, I know you're concentrating on this specifically right now, but do you right. see more uh, possibly shows in your future?
0: Yeah, I'm doing actually a show with Lisa Sherman uh, on June 29th at uh, McLoone's Supper Club, uh, which is in Asbury Park. And that is uh, the show is called Broadway and Beyond. So Lisa and this other girl and and I do these uh, Broadway songs and, and, uh, but like hipper Broadway songs, like uh, Defying Gravity from Wicked and and, uh, Dreamgirls and I'm Telling You and then Tommy from The Who and then Beyond is like uh, movie hits, uh, hit songs from movies. So we we do some of those and then I do Frankie and the Knockout Sweetheart and then I do Time of My Life and Hungry Eyes Hmm. and so, it's a little bit of Broadway and beyond yeah. and, and that's June 29th at McLoon Supper Club in Asbury. And Lisa herself has a really cool disco show that I help promote. And, um, and she, she does a, another show uh, called Taylor King and uh, Carol King, James Taylor and uh, Carly Simon, so Simon King Taylor or something like that. And she does that show and it's, they don't really try to, in all of our shows. We don't try to copy. We we try to take the arrangements, like in Calling All Divas. I take songs and I arrange them differently, so you almost don't know what the song is until the person starts to sing the the chorus, and they go, "Oh my God, it's that song."
2: Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, and, and kind of give it a staple of, "Oh wow!" So it it becomes part and parcel of our
1: show. Yeah. Wow. Jeez, that, yeah. that, that's, uh, I'm going to have to look into to see where you're going to be because it sounds like it's gonna, a, a great show to uh, to catch.
0: Well, I, I think it is, but I'm biased. <laughs> but I know that the cast of people and the pedigree behind it are a one and first class. Took me four years to you know find these people. So if the people like the Count Basie and, and the Bergen Pack in Bergen, New Jersey, and places in Philadelphia are you know calling asking us to. You know, book the show. I know we have something very good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you say, you can go to Broadway and get thousand dollar ticket shows, or or you have to wait six, you know, months or years to get to get to see the show. But it's nice Correct. to be able to see a good show at at a more reasonable price. You know, I mean, I've been to a lot of Broadway shows uh, in, mm-hmm. when they hit Chicago and things like that. I've gone to some. And, you know, but I, I'm cheap, so, you know, I'll go there the, what is it, the day before, and you can buy the tickets where you sit sure, right down sure. front. <laughs> so, you, you know, know, but I see a great show, Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, our demographic is really 18 to 80. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we have songs for every genre. And so a kid, their parent, and their grandparent will leave there going, oh, my God, that was great. That was awesome. Did you hear that? I, I really loved her. she was my favorite. No, I, I thought she should have won. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that that must be, give you a good feeling when you when you hear people saying things like that.
0: Well, the, when I did the first show at the Count Basie, I filmed it, and then uh, we went out in the street, and one two two women went. How'd you? You know, he said, "How'd you like the show?" And then she, out of out of the blue, she went, "You know what? You don't have to go to Broadway. Broadway just came here tonight." Wow! I was like, "Thank you, <laughs> 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 thank you." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeez, that, that, that's, that's probably the best thing that somebody could say. I mean,
0: I mean, it was off the cuff, and it was right from the heart. You know, right. it was like, my, my God, thank you. Hmm. You know, that made, that made all the effort that we put in worth it. Yeah. Huh. You know, to see people on their feet at the end giving, you know, standing ovations throughout the show, and then on their feet at the end, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's heartwarming. That's what a musician plays for.
2: Yeah. Did you write Is any new kind of songs
0: feedback? for the show? Um, I did write some new things, um, and I haven't put them in as of yet because they, everyone felt that to brand it, let, let's give notable, notable songs
2: mm-hmm. and yep, songs that people that. Rec-
0: recognize, yep. and then we'll start to tweak and throw in more originals. You know, Time in My Life, obviously, is an original song by me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there are other songs, two or three other songs. In fact, Carol Riddick is a songwriter. Trenna is a songwriter the young girl, the subway singer, she is a songwriter. So we'll be able to take some of their original songs that we feel fit the storyline. Mm-hmm. And like one on the carol road is I'm just a brown eyed girl. And so when she's in this blues club and she starts singing about, you know, getting where she need to go in life and finding everybody was getting in her way, but, you know, she's fought, you know, kept fighting and and realize that everybody has to do the same thing. But at the end, I'm just a brown-eyed girl mm. doing what I do, you know? Yeah. And so, so you know, songs like that, that can help develop her character and who she is,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we can put in. But now we use a song like At Last, and we make it real bluesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carol sings, the, she just sings the hell out of it. Oh, and and I like, mean,
1: Edda James. St- <laughs> st-
0: yeah, standing
1: all time, you know? Yeah, yeah, wow. Now Frankie, for people who uh, are aspiring songwriters, what would yes. you what would you say to them?
0: I would say that it's um, it's a different world than when I was young and aspiring to be a songwriter. And I say that only because of what streaming and and pirating has done to to the songwriters today. I, I feel, That I was very very fortunate to have had uh, record labels that had spec money and would give you money to go in and record demos. And today, you kind of have to do everything. You have to create your songs, record your songs, put them on YouTube, and wait to get you know 10 million hits, and then a a record label comes and goes. Oh yeah, you did all the work, so now we'll just you know we'll we'll collect the money, we'll put it out for you. It's a different world. It's a different world. Spotify's of the world, those, those type of, you know, places aren't giving these songwriters the royalty money that they deserve. That's horrible. And so you could, you could have a million, you know, plays on, on one of these, you know, um, streaming devices mm-hmm. and, 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 make yourself a hundred dollars after a million, you know, plays. Oh, that's... And so how does a songwriter survive? Right. It's, it's really difficult. So, you know, you have to play out. You have to let people hear. You have to create your own following. You have to put yourself on YouTube. You have to get yourself viral. You have to write songs that are unique. And so when, when people hear them, one hears them a hundred, hear them a thousand, hear them. And then a million hear them because the song is so good. It demands to get listened to.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: so, it's a much diff, more difficult time now for a songwriter to survive. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and there are some still some very, very good songwriters that are, you know, underneath the radar, and hopefully they'll get heard. But not like the spec money that was being thrown around in my day.
2: Right. Yeah. You
0: know, to de- to develop new acts and new artists, but through through our show. I'm trying to, um, you know, uh, one of, Dennis D'Amico has his own recording studio. We want to be able, he also has a security company that protects the stream so people can't steal from the stream. So we're going to try to develop a new outlet where we pay artists fairly and the stream isn't broken into and try to create a whole new environment for a songwriter
1: to survive. Hmm, That's great.
0: That's all part of our plan. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, people should definitely, if you're in the New York area, try uh, to catch. Uh, you said on June sixth, th- they could catch June sixth. Yeah, yes. they could catch it show, or June seventh. It's at the uh, the theater at St. Jean's, and uh, also go to the website and find out where it's playing around the country because that's or or out <laughs> in the ocean, whichever.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's eight, eight o'clock by the way, so it's after work. You know, you can settle and go out for dinner or whatever. And come see a show. You know, it's the the uh, rehearsal, the dress rehearsal is free. Wow! Hey, what better? What better price is
1: free? That's right. <laughs>
0: you know, and we're just looking to create our underground.
1: You yeah. know, our, our our calling all diva army.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: well, Frankie, um, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Sure. And this takes us away from uh, your songwriting, which uh, you know, your Academy Award and all that, and Frankie in the Knockouts yeah. and Calling All Divas and everything else that you've done. But when you sit sure. back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? What are you watching? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: Well, I have to tell you, every night I watch two episodes of *Steinfeld*, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um, it, it uh, it's a time that I unwind at eleven o'clock to twelve o'clock, and have a good smile and a good laugh, and and go to sleep. So so I watch that every day. Um, I'm a sports nut, so I, I, I love my, watching my sports because it kind of takes me away for two or three hours of thinking about anything else. And I could be just, you know, you can come into a baseball game and just look at the score and know kind of where you're at, you know, and the same with a football game or a basketball game. So it's Knicks, Giants, or Yankees. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, do that, I do that quite a bit. I watch my sports. Uh, My my favorite movie has to be Dirty Dancing because, you know, I'm still having the time of my life. I have to throw that in there. Right. (laughs) Uh, A really good movie. Let me think. I mean, there's so many, so many great, great movies.
1: What about when you're Um, flipping the channel on TV and and you see a movie that, you know, you've seen a hundred times, but you cannot go away from it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, probably something like the godfather
2: you know mm-hmm. one of those
0: those classic movies yep um you know um i'm not a tremendous movie buff um but there are classic movies that if i saw it come on tv i would watch it you know even though i've seen it before mm-hmm. yeah um i do want to give a one one last plug. Um, I took those demos that they recorded, uh, they, they filmed the movie to, and I, I went to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, where Patrick Swayze's uh, wife, Lisa Swayze, was donating her time after he passed. Mm-hmm. And I called there and I said, what can I do to help and to raise money, raise awareness? And uh, they said, geez, let's think about it. And I said, how's this? Why don't I put the demos out? And I'll put time of my life, Hungry Eyes, and there's a third song that's in the stage play, Dirty Dancing, that's traveling the world. It's called Someone Like You. And let me sell them and give you the money for it. So if you go on Facebook and you go Dirty Dancing Demos, you'll find out where, you know, on YouTube you can purchase it. And all that money goes directly to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and Patrick Swayze's memory for pancreatic cancer.
1: Wow, that's great.
0: Well, I'm just you know what? He was an important part in my life and, and um uh, you know, if we all gave one dollar, if everybody in the world gave one dollar, we could probably win the war.
2: Mhm. Yep. Jeez. So
0: you know, I don't wanna end on a on a sad note, but it's a happy note that you know, if we we can, you know rage some hope.
1: Right. World, if if we, we can beat rage. that then it ends on a great note. <laughs>
0: yes, let's let's rage hope.
1: Yeah. Well, Frankie, I thank you so much for for joining me, and uh, I appreciate all the things you've told us, and I wish you luck with Calling All Divas. People should check it out, and uh, thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me, Brian. Appreciate it.
1: And a big shout-out going to Frankie Prevert for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. I want to thank him so much. A lot of great information about his uh, new show, Calling All Divas. And uh, be sure to go to his website and check that out to find out uh, where it's going to be because it sounds like a show you do not want to miss. And uh, he's uh, got a lot of things going on. And uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, thank him so much that's it Uh, we are at the end of another episode of On Screen and Beyond uh, the first one after our 500th episode and uh, we had a great guest joining us a lot of fun to talk to him and uh, next week we got another great guest coming your way as always uh, we have a young actress joining us going to be talking about her new movie called Alex and Me it's Sienna Ogadong. And she's going to be talking about her new movie, Alex and Me. And uh, it sounds like a good film. So get ready for that next week right here on On Screen and Beyond. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when do we once again take you On Screen and Beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.